Hi everyone and welcome back to Homegrown the Live Show where we talk all about growing food at home to live a bit more of a sustainable lifestyle. So today's episode is going to be all about growing root vegetables. So we're going to talk a little bit about those because that does encompass quite a wide range of different vegetables. Um, so we'll touch on that and then I'm going to give some tips on tricks on how to grow them, how to harvest them and also different ways to cook and preserve them because I feel like root vegetables are really underrated. There's something that gets forgotten about quite a lot and maybe just chucked in last minute at the end. So we are going to give them a bit of a, a little bit of limelight and I'm going to share some of the ways that I use root vegetables in the kitchen um, and how to make them delicious and tasty. I'm also going to touch on how to save seeds as well because I think that is something that's really important and one single you know, radish or carrot can produce hundreds of seeds. So it's a really good idea to start saving your own seeds at home. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, and then at the end, I'll do a Q&A. So make sure if you have any questions and you are watching this live, pop them in the live chat, put a queue in front of them, which makes it easier for me to see at the end. And I will answer a few of those um, then. But yeah, let me know what you're growing as well, because there are so many different types of root vegetables. And I would love to know what you're growing in your garden as well. So leave me a comment below um, or even in the live chat. And I might give you a little bit of an update of what's happening in the garden too. Um, so... What is happening in the garden? <laughs> Actually, not a lot is happening. Not a lot of, well, a lot is happening behind the scenes, but not a lot of planting is going on. So most of my garden beds are now planted. I have um, a few, I have a few gaps since I pulled out the bottle gourd uh, in my previous video. So I do have a few gaps, but um, majority of it's just ticking along, doing its thing. Uh, this is a really like low maintenance time in the garden when everything is sort of, planted and waiting I'm waiting for it to grow um so that is actually a really good time for me to work on other projects which is what I'm doing I've got a few uh big projects on the go at the moment so I can't wait to show you those and some of them are you know probably in the next month or two I think I have two major ones on the go a few other little ones here and there but um yeah I'm in my project era at the moment so that's exciting uh still still a few feijoas coming through that I'm snacking on and I'm working on getting the last of these harvested so that I can finish off my video because I am going to be doing a video for you all on growing feijoas um that is coming very soon so make sure you are subscribed if you're not already subscribed and that will be something to look forward to. Oh my gosh, there's so many people saying that they are growing beetroot. That is exciting. And carrots, radish, sweet potato. Um, oh, <laughs> Chloe, I actually um, had to, because this is a topic that comes up quite a lot. I actually had to YouTube how to say this. And I listened to it over and over again, and I can probably still not say it right. So this is a beetroot that I love to grow. Uh, it is the candy cane beetroot, and it is, <laughs> the name is, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't know why I have so much, such a problem with saying this. 
Chiogia. Chiogia. Actually, like I did, I do have this up. I wonder if you can hear it. Um, I'll see if I can play it for you. Um, the pronunciation. Because I want to get this right. It's annoying talking about something and then you can't even say it right. So let's see. Um, I don't know if it'll play through here. No, it's not. But anyway, Shogia. Shogia Beach, Candy Cane Beetroot. Anyway, that is something that we're going to be talking about today. So we are going to be talking about a few different types of varieties of, of each of the root vegetables because that's something I love to do as well. I love to grow different varieties and different colors and they all have different flavors as well. So if you are not a fan of something, maybe try a different variety and it can be completely different. So I will talk about that later on in the episode and how you can like adjust the flavors and change the flavors up depending on when you're growing these things what season you're growing them in but before we get into all of that on root vegetables we cannot forget plant of the week so uh in celebration of root vegetables it was definitely going to be a root vegetable so the plant of the week this week is the watermelon radish this is something that I always grow. It's a staple in my garden. It is my favorite type of radish. It is beautiful inside. And every time I harvest one, it's a different color. So a watermelon radish is a larger type of radish. It's sort of a tennis ball size radish. And it is a white sort of greenish color on the outside. And then on the inside, it is bright, hot pink or purple. So... When you cut into it and you make a little slice, it looks like a slice of watermelon. It's very, very cool. It's such a, um, a fun one to grow and harvest. And it's always a surprise because you don't know what it's going to look like inside. Sometimes it's not quite as bright and vibrant. Sometimes the color goes right to the edges. So the longer you let it mature, the more color it's going to get. And um, I actually harvest it some in my previous video they they just don't look very exciting from the outside they're just white kind of drab they look like nothing special um but yeah cutting them open and I actually cut this one open before and look it's so so cool I just love it um and these are one of the things that I love to have in salads because I find them a little bit more mild than other radishes. They aren't so hot and spicy. They're really, really crunchy. So they are an heirloom, a Chinese heirloom, similar to like a daikon. And the whole plant is edible. So I love that. I love that the leaves are edible. The root is edible. And even if you do let it go to flower, the flower and the seed pods on the radish are edible too. And um, it is a little bit of a slower growing radish because it does get you need to wait for it to get to a bigger size. So most radishes will be ready to harvest from seed um, to ready to pick in four to five weeks. So they can be really quick. They are one of the quickest things to grow and harvest, but the watermelon radish will be a little bit longer. So it's going to take maybe six to eight weeks to, or even longer to get, um, to really get that size uh, big enough to have the color which is what we're all after. It, it was a little bit disappointing sometimes when you cut them open and you're like, damn, 
My harvest is that too early. Kind of like growing a watermelon, I guess. But um, they are also, they have vitamin C and lots of other nutrients in them. Um, calcium. And they're so, so crunchy. I love them. So that is the plant of the week. And we're going to definitely dive into lots more radish tips and um, different types of radishes and beetroots and all the things. So first up, I wanted to talk about the different types of root vegetables, because this is quite a broad topic. And we aren't going to talk about them all today, because otherwise I would either not be able to give you very much detailed information, or we would be here all night. And as you can tell, my lighting setup is not capable of doing it all night. We are quite in the dark here, but that's all right. We're working with it. One day, I've been like dreaming about my one day studio. And one day, I can't wait to have like a plant wall and, you know, studio lights and be not coming, <laughs> talking to you from my kitchen where I've got my camera on a box with some um, books as a tripod. But you'll all know if you've been listening to me or watching me that you started when I was in my kitchen using a cardboard box. So that'll be something. But um, anyway... Back to the root vegetables. So the different types of root vegetables you can get are like your tubers, which are things like your potatoes, your sweet potatoes. Um, then we've got our rhizomes. So those are more things like ginger, turmeric. And then we've got stems, which I, and these are just like roughly sort of how I classify them. I don't know if there's the technical way of putting them, but the stems, I kind of think more of like your fennel and your kohlrabi where it's not the root under the ground that's actually growing into the vegetable. It is more the stem in between. And then we have bulbs. So your garlic and your onions and all those types of things. And lastly, Tama, what are you doing? You wanted to come say hi to the podcast. My dog has to come and say hi every time. Um, but the last one is roots in terms of like under the ground roots which is your carrots your beetroot radish and turnip and those are the ones that we're more so going to focus on today um but if you want more information or you want a podcast episode on the other types let me know which one i did do a, po a poll over on youtube and um we did get root vegetables coming in just sneaking in but there was um herbs and Garlic and onions were definitely up there. People were wanting more information on that. So let me know what you want uh, more on and we'll definitely do that. But in terms of the root vegetables, like your carrots and your beetroots, there's so many different types. And this just really excites me. I love growing all different colors and flavors and, you know, trying new things. So these are the, some of the ones that I grow in my garden. And number one at the top is the watermelon radish. So I just love this. This is one of my favorite ones. We've also got the daikon radish, which is really good for pickling. Um, the black Spanish round radish. I grew that last year. That went wild. It was huge. Like it was a huge radish. And then we've got our French breakfast and I'm growing some fire candle radish this year as well I'm basically just collecting radishes <laughs> and beetroots and all the root vegetables actually I just I do love them so 
The other one that's really interesting is the mangle, mangle. How do you say this? Mangle wurzel, mangle wurzel. I'm probably, I'm probably butchering this, um, but that's a really, really large sort of variety, and I think it is in the beetroot family. So that is a really interesting one that I want to grow. I have grown the sugar beet. Uh, that is another really interesting one, and I, I plan on growing a whole lot more sugar beets this year because. They can be used as a substitute for sugar. So they often use sort of like a sugar cane or because they have such a high sugar sugar quantity. So I feel like that's something that I really want to explore more. I'd love to dehydrate them and maybe make some powders and see how that goes in terms of like a sugar substitute. Imagine if you can use beetroot as a sugar substitute. I feel like that would be interesting. So I'm going to try that out. Uh, and then next up, the the candy cane one, the shiogia. I I did listen to this. Honestly, it's going to drive me nuts. But um, that's not how you say it. It is an Italian um, variety. And then there's the white beetroot. So a lot of these different varieties can taste completely different. So if you are not such a fan of radish and you find it too spicy then try out the white varieties or the lighter varieties because those are often not as spicy and a little bit more sweet the same with the beetroot the red varieties of the beetroot are going to be really earthy and full of flavor and then the white beetroots are really sweet and more mild in flavor and then you've got your golden beetroots as well so those are also quite sweet and really delicious and then obviously you've got all like so many different types of red beetroot. So um, within each type, there's so many different flavor profiles. So that's why I like to try them all out and they are all so different. And then we have the humble turnip, which is a really good vegetable to grow. It's really versatile. So I feel like the poor turnip gets left behind a lot. But I do grow turnips and I do love using them. So I actually made the most delicious turnip um, like potato chips. I soaked them in vinegar and sugar, like a mix of vinegar and sugar. So it just wasn't so potent. And then I crushed them up in the oven and they were so, so good. So salt and vinegar um, turnip chips, delicious. The same with beetroots as well, the white beetroot and the different um, yeah, the white beetroot and the candy cane beetroot, I've also done the same thing and they were so, so good. Another one is the rutabaga, I think that's how you say it, which is a cross between a turnip and a form of wild broccoli or a brassica. And that's quite a large one as well. So it's really interesting to see which family these, all these root vegetables come from. So the, the turnip is part of, and the rutabaga are part of like the brassica family and so their leaves often have more of a brassica flavor and smell and um then the parsnip and the carrot are part of the carrot family and you'll notice that in the leaves looking kind of similar and also the flowers look really really similar um because they're all part of that same family and then our beetroots uh, if you can guess what type of family they come from, they are part of the chard family. So they look really similar and taste really similar to the rainbow chard or 
you know, any type of chard. Um, and they can be used, so the, the tops of the beetroot can be used in a very similar way to chard. Um, so it is really interesting to learn about all these different plants. And um, I do have some behind me. I saw someone that was commenting on my rainbow chard behind me. So we're going to talk a little bit about how I um, keep my greens fresh and how I use the whole plant, because that's something that I really love to talk about as well is using the whole plant. I don't, I try not to waste things where I can, especially if um, it's like literally half the plant. Like if you pull out a beetroot, half of the plant is the root and the other half is greens. So we don't want to be throwing half of our plant away, especially when it took us so long to grow it and um, often quite a lot of effort. So um, we will definitely touch on that later in the episode. Oh, it's so great to see so many people turning up in the live chat. Honestly, you guys, and there's so many familiar names each week. It really does um, make me so happy to see. Uh, all right, so let's jump into some tips on growing. So we're going to talk a little bit about location, when to plant them, how to plant them, soil prep, spacing, um, how to care for them and how to harvest them or how to tell when it's time to harvest them because this can be something that's actually quite tricky because you can't often see them they're hidden underground so we'll talk a little bit about that as well uh, let's start off with where to plant them so where do you plant your root vegetables this is going to be different for everyone but you are here you're on watching my podcast or you're listening to my podcast so most of you will know or if you don't i love to intermix all of my plants so i don't have patches or rows that is not the style of gardening that i do but that is a style that is really commonly used and so it's not a right or wrong way to do things. It's just that I like to completely mix all of my things in together. Um, so I will give a few little tips on planting like me in my style. And also if you do plant in rows and patches as well. So I would be planting these just in your veggie patch anywhere, actually. You can plant these anywhere. The main thing is going to be on the soil. So we'll touch on the soil prep because that may, may rule out some areas and make some areas seem more compatible with the root vegetables. But uh, I basically plant them in between all of my larger vegetables. They're kind of my fillers. So that's why I love them so much and why I have so many different varieties is because once I have things established in my garden bed, so I have planted my broccoli, my cabbage, my... Um, peas or whatever I've got like my main crops on the go that's when I'll go in and interplant all of my root vegetable seeds and that way I'm utilizing that bed to its like maximum potential I'm not just sitting there waiting for the broccolis to be ready because broccoli takes a long time to be ready <laughs> and so does cabbage and they're kind of slow growing at the start whereas root vegetables the thing that is amazing about them is they are quite quick growing. They are much quicker than our other types of vegetables like our broccolis and our cauliflowers and our cabbages that um, we're growing in the cooler season, which is the next thing. When do we plant these root vegetables? So I am pulling the most of them in together into one thing. And that is 
just to make it easier, but we all do live and grow in different climates. So it is going to be a little bit different depending on where you are, but majority of the time you're going to be growing your root vegetables in the cooler season. So usually autumn and winter. If you are trying to grow your root vegetables over summer, there are some tips and tricks for that. So I will share those with you, but they can be under a little bit more stress because they'll try and go to flower and seed quicker. They'll also be a little bit more bitter and the flavor won't be as good. The cold really does sweeten them up. So I don't get any frosts where I live. Um, so if you do live in a place that gets really cold, cold weather, they may struggle in the middle of winter, but frosts actually make them sweeter. So I don't get that. I don't get that. Maybe mine don't get as sweet as other people because I don't get frosts, but they do. The cold weather can really change the flavor profile of a lot of these root vegetables. Um, so I grow them in autumn. I grow them in winter and early spring. That's kind of the bulk of when I'm planting root vegetables. I do, however, grow some radish and beetroot all year round in the shade. So during summer, if I have shadier areas in my garden, then I will pop some of those seeds in and grow them. It's not always guaranteed that they're going to work out. Sometimes they do bolt and they go to flower and seed before I actually get time to eat the vegetable. But I'm not too worried about that because you know I do have maybe a 50-50 chance but then if they go to flower then there's flowers for the bees those bees are going to come and help pollinate the rest of my garden so it's no real loss for me I'm just growing edible flowers then because the flowers are edible so they do taste very similar to the thing that you're growing so in terms of you know like broccoli flowers taste a little bit like broccoli and um vice versa like you know radish flowers taste a little bit like radish so they are strangely similar um but yeah I can grow them all year round in my climate but that will differ for most of you so most people will be growing root vegetables autumn and winter all right how to sow them so this is probably one of my main tips um, and I shared this on my Tuesday Tips newsletter yesterday and that is how to sow um, root vegetables is I like to direct sow them. This is how I sow all my root vegetables. The thing with the root vegetables is the most important part of that is the root and if we are transplanting them we're often damaging them. They're very very delicate and um skinny to start with and they can easily easily be bruised broken damaged if we are trying to transplant them from a cell into the garden so the best way that I think to grow root vegetables is to direct sow where possible and that's why I love to just sprinkle them all in the gaps but if you were going to do rows and patches and you know you, you had half a bed dedicated to them and you wanted to grow all your uh, broccoli I mean all your beetroots in that one place um, the same thing planting out a whole bunch of seeds is going to be so much easier than trying to get them out of the little cells and it's something that people or beginner gardeners don't actually know is that when you do buy um, vegetables from the store 
and they come in little six packs or, you know, a little cell, like they're little individual cells in a six to eight, four pack. There's often a lot of little seeds planted in there, uh, especially in terms of root vegetables. So carrots and um, beetroots and those sort of things. There could be up to 10, 12 little seeds planted in each single cell. And so what happens is a lot of people will just assume that they take that cell out and pop it in the garden and leave it to, to grow. But those are planted far too close together. And if you think about how big a beetroot is or how big a radish is in terms of size, there's no way that 12 of them can grow in one tiny little patch. They do need to be divided up. And that's where we'd run into trouble and damaging them, breaking them, and things like that. So popping them in the ground in that little square cell um, is you, you're going to probably not really get much out of it, to be honest. Um, and you do need to thin them out. But then if you're thinning them out, you're going to get nothing out of it. It's not economical. You've, you've got a tray of six and then you've got them all smushed in together and then you start thinning them out. You're going to end up with, you know, six or seven in the end. So it is far more economical. It is far easier. It is less time consuming to direct sow all your seeds in the garden. Um, and if you, they are tiny. So if you do do a whole row of them and they're all close together, you may need to thin them out because, um, like I said, they're going to need space because you try and think about the size of what they are going to be. So in terms of if you're thinking about the size of an onion or the size of a beetroot, um, they need about that much space to grow. And also they're going to produce leaves. So they need space for their leaves to grow because the leaves are what are going to help feed them and turn the, you know, the, the make the root. So um, they do need a little bit of space. So if you have planted a whole bunch in a row and you, they all pop up, you may need to go through and thin them out. So there's a whole bunch of different methods in thinning out your root vegetables. What I like to do is I like to wait a little bit longer so that they have a baby root on the bottom. Some people will go through when they've just got leaves and pull pluck out every you know third couple so that there's more space in between. But I leave them a little bit longer until they've got a little baby root on there and then I'll pull them out and I'll pop them in my salads or however I want to use them. And that's what works for me. And I feel like it's like a little bit more rewarding because it does feel disheartening to like see all of these beautiful seedlings pop up and then you have to go and just like pull them out and like not, I mean, you can use them as microgreens or salad mixes, but I just feel like I'm being ripped off. So I like to wait a little bit longer and get at least a little baby carrot out of it or a little baby radish out of it if I want to thin them out and create more space. Um, but that is like, yeah, that's how I like to sow them. Um, in terms of soil prep, what can we do? So you do want to have quite loose soil. If your soil is really hard and compact, if you've got really heavy clay soils or uh, your soil, you know, you can barely dig in it. It's just so hard and compact. You may need to loosen that up beforehand. Otherwise you could end up with, you know, the roots not being able to get deep enough into the soil. So they do like a loose soil. My soil here is basically pure sand. 
I have to build all of my soil on top. So I don't really have that problem with compact soils. Um, and But if you do, then you may need to either build your soil on top or plant them in raised garden beds or pots and containers because you can do that as well. You can grow them in pots and containers too. Um, the other thing is like big bits of debris. If you have like rocks and sticks and I don't know what else, gravel or rubble or something in, in the garden, that can also uh, interfere with the root vegetables too because they're going to run into objects. And that's where you can end up with like weird shaped ones, which ah, it's fun to grow weird shaped carrots and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, some even adding a little bit of sandy soil into the mix is going to really help make it more free draining as well because you don't want really boggy wet soil because these things are sitting in the ground you don't want them to rot so if your soils are really boggy or you get a whole lot of rain uh, it can be another good one to add sandy soil in there to help it be more free draining or mound them up a bit so you make little mounds sow your seeds and then if it rains really hard you can uh, the rain can wash off and you know, drain away rather than just like sitting in a hollow boggy puddle uh, because that's not going to work either. So in terms of how deep do you sow your seeds, because this is probably something that people get really, um, this is probably one of the main problems that people have is they plant their seeds too deep. So you don't want to plant, well, most of our root vegetables, the seeds are tiny. So you don't want to be putting too much soil on top. So just a light sprinkling on top. And in terms of carrots, you basically want nothing on top. Those things, for something that is like so commonly found in the sh in the stores, um, and like often very very cheap. Like carrots are not the most expensive thing in the store. They're probably one of the cheapest. They are one of the hardest things to grow, in my opinion. I find them so temperamental and uh, quite yeah, just quite hard to do. But there are a few tricks to it and one of them is definitely not putting too much soil on top so what people will often do instead of putting soil on top is to lay something else on top put your seeds directly on top of the soil and then either put a hessian sack um i think gary was even telling me the other day that he puts a plank of wood on top of his carrot seeds and until they've sprouted up and then you can take them off so um there's a few different things that you can do in terms of that for the carrots because they are one of the trickiest things to grow. Um, you, all you want to do with the putting something on top in terms of the hessian sack or something is just keep them moist whilst they're germinating and then once they have germinated, they will start to grow down their roots into the soil and then that's when you can be taking, taking that off. Otherwise, just do a really, really light dusting of you know, soil on top, barely anything. Um, and that's going to be best for your carrots. In terms of radishes and beetroot, you can plant those a little bit deeper. Um, but same thing, just a little light dustings, just so that you can't see the seeds. Uh, the other thing is that with the mulch, I find if I'm growing radishes and root vegetables, I do like to pull back a bit of the mulch when I'm doing it because otherwise they are growing up through the mulch and they get quite leggy because they're trying to find the light. Um, so quite often I will just pull back some of the mulch 
and sprinkle the seeds in and just leave it like that and not put the mulch back over until they are a little bit more established. Um, and then what do you do? <laughs> if you've planted your seeds, you need to make sure that you keep them well watered. The soil needs to be nice and moist. Um, and then we just want to make sure that they're not getting eaten because those tiny little seeds that are popping up are very, very vulnerable to pests, slugs, snails, the slaters that I have, which are also called pill bugs. What else are they called? They've got a lot of different names, but they have been, um, yeah, they love to go to town on anything that I've direct sown in the garden. So you do want to be really vigilant with your, uh, pest management if you are, doing these directly into the garden and we talked a lot about that on the previous episode on natural um, pest man management and what you can do. S something that's been working really well for me with my little little seeds is to sprinkle coffee grounds. Um, otherwise just going out there and checking regularly as well is another way to make sure that there's not too many slugs and snails overpopulating your garden beds and they will come about with really moist conditions which is what we're going to be having usually in our cooler months so when we are growing these vegetables it does tend to be a lot more uh, rainfall and a lot more cooler damper situations which is what slugs and snails love um, so another way that I do that is that I will water in the mornings rather than in the evenings because if I do water in the evenings it's leaving a period of the whole night to be really damp and moist and like perfect conditions for the um, slugs and snails. Uh, that's pretty much, pretty much it, I think. I don't do too much, honestly. I just like to, I'm very much the seed fairy. I sprinkle those seeds in between everything. And if within a month they haven't popped up, I will sprinkle some more and pop them in. And then what usually happens is that they all end up popping up whenever they feel ready. Sometimes they don't feel ready when I've planted them. The temperatures aren't right, the soil temperatures aren't right, but they will just sit in the soil dormant until they think it's the right time and then they just pop up and grow. So um, yeah, I'll just get things popping up randomly all the time. <laughs> and that's fun. It's like lucky dip. I love that. And if they are too crowded, if, if I'm finding like, you know, if I've double planted an area, then I will just wait till they're a little bit bigger and I'll just harvest them and just eat them, thin them out by eating them out, eating them. So uh, that's sort of all the care that I, that I give to them basically. Um, but then how do you tell when they're ready to harvest? This can be one of the trickiest things to do because they are often underground and we can't see them and we don't know when they're ready to be picked. So most of them will be the same, but carrots are probably the, the hardest because beetroots and radishes sometimes will actually start to produce the roots above the ground. Like these watermelon radishes, I find that only the very bottom of the radish is actually under the ground and most of it is above the surface. They seem to sort of grow up rather than down. And the same with the beetroots, they'll often half be above the ground. So you can usually see how big they are and gauge it by that. Now, most things like your radishes and your beetroots, 
and even like your turnips, all of those things, the younger you pick them or the smaller you pick them, the sweeter they'll be. If you continue to let them get bigger and bigger and bigger, they can get a lot more stronger flavor, a lot, a little bit more bitter and also a little bit woody. So if you leave them to go too big, you'll find that they won't be so crunchy anymore and they'll be a little bit more fibrous and woody and not as pleasant. So it can be a little bit of a balancing act and usually you'll want to err on the early sign rather than the late. Um, and that also depends on when, what time of the year you're growing them. If you are growing them and it's starting, the temperatures are starting to warm up. Um, warm temperatures are going to make your root vegetables a little bit more bitter and can make them go to flower and seed. Because what happens is that the temperatures are warming up and they're like, oh, I need to make sure that I can produce seeds for the next generation before I get cooked to a crisp. So any sort of change in temperature or warm, a few warm days can make them start to produce flowers. And once they start to produce flowers, they do get quite bitter and not as pleasant to eat. Uh, so that's when you'll definitely be wanting to harvest them or let them go to seed because that's another great way to save all your own seeds and be more self-sufficient in seeds. Um, which is something that we're definitely going to touch on a little bit later in the episode on, on how to save seeds because you can get so many seeds, like hundreds of seeds. You only really need one to go to seed. So um, in terms of how do we cook them, this is something that I thrive on. I love experimenting. I love trying new things and I really want to try and take boring vegetables or things that are often not utilized very well and make them more exciting like there's so many amazing way things that you can make with root vegetables they don't need to be an afterthought or you know i'll just chuck some carrots in to bulk it up or something like that they have so much more flavor when you're growing them in your own garden as well so you really do want to highlight them and you don't have to do a whole lot to them compared to the bland tasteless disgusting ones that you buy at the store so the same with like radishes. If you don't like radishes and you're buying them from the store, they taste they taste so different when you're growing them at home. Uh, no, and nothing compares to a homegrown carrot that's wildly dramatic from a store-bought carrot. So some of the things that I like to do with my root vegetables is, you know, use them in salads. Um, and if you're using them in salads, try different ways of slicing them. So you can grate them and you can use the mandolin. I love using my mandolin. Um, it's how I slice, you know, all of my thin slices of radish and even carrots and um, everything. And it's super fast. You can just slice through. Um, don't slice your finger. It is very easy to do. So there's a little like thing that goes on it that you can use to not slice your finger and definitely use that because they can be for something very simple they can be quite dangerous but this is one of my staple um, I guess tools in the kitchen is the mandolin I really get a lot of use out of this and it's super inexpensive like these things cost hardly anything um, and just make things more interesting and thinner slices of radish you're not going to get that real like hit of spice because there's less of it um and there's 
different sizes so you can cut them. And this is also how I make chips. Because you get them all the same thickness, they're going to cook at the same rate. So having a really even um, distribution is another thing that the mandolin is really good for. Anyway, this is not about the mandolin, which <laughs> I seem to go on all day about. Um, another really, really good way to use most like nearly all of your root vegetables it's actually my favorite way is to roast them so roasted root vegetables is like so delicious they're very very sweet they go a little bit of get a little bit of caramelization on them roasted radish is hands down the my favorite way to eat radish if you aren't a fan of radish try roasting them they lose a little bit of that pepperiness they become so much more sweeter and if you're putting other flavors in there, like herbs and spices, then that's going to change the profile as well. I even like to add little cuts in them to absorb more flavor. So if I am putting um, dressings on top of them, if I slice the radishes a little bit, like, like um, I don't know what that's called, but, you know, putting little cuts in them. And that's where the flavor can really get in. So roasted radishes pickled you guys you can't beat pickles i love pickles so pickled radish pickled carrot um, or even like a mix of all your root vegetables just in a jar of like standard pickling liquid um delicious fermented and you can also use the greens for fermenting so um i do like to use the greens to either stir fry or pickle Quite often what I'll do with the greens is if I'm harvesting the radish and I might want to use the radish tonight, but I might want to use the greens tomorrow in a stir fry or in a soup or something like that. Uh, I will just pop them in a jar of water and you can see behind me, I do have some rainbow chard in a jar of water. I think there's some spinach and I don't know what else in there, but when I'm out and I'm picking things in the garden and I have too much or I harvest some uh, beetroot and I want to use the actual root but I don't necessarily want to use the greens straight away that's how I do it I just chuck them in a jar of water and then the next night I'll use those in a stir fry or in a soup or I might just have more time to blanch them and freeze them because that's another way that I like to uh, preserve a lot of my extra greens is to blanch them and then pop them in a little bag and freeze them to use in soups and curries and whatever else down the track uh, pesto as well is another great way you can make radish top pesto carrot top pesto I do a few pesto recipes on my website as well so if you want to check those out um, I'll pop the links down the in the description for those there's yeah you can just add any type of greens you've got in the garden especially your um, the tops of your carrots and root vegetables um yeah curries soups carrot you know roasted carrots in a soup like maybe in a combined with pumpkin or sweet potato or potato um so so delicious mashed and pureed uh chips which we t we talked about you know i think they call them crisps in australia or is that america as well i don't know to me i don't know i think i just call them all chips like Fries are fries and chips are chips. Let me know what, what you call them, but like potato chips, not potato crisps. Right. 
that's <laughs> does get people really confused just like me in all my videos talking about rocket that really confuses people they're like what is rocket arugula i just call it we just call it a rocket in new zealand so um yeah i'm always confusing people with my different ways of saying things another thing that i'm really going to be experimenting more with um in the next week is making powders so that's just another way to dehydrate and preserve some of these greens and extra produce. So I'm going to test that out. I'm going to be doing some a bunch of different powders, like green powders. And like I said, if I can get some of those sugar beets on the go, I'm definitely going to powder those. Uh, beetroot powder, because beetroot, like red beetroot, is so pigmented. It has so much color in it. It can be used as a natural coloring. So I use it as a natural coloring with the juice or mash, like roasted radish or cooked radish, I mean beetroot, and then mashed. And then I can add that to make things, you know, cookies, baking, bright pink or bright red. But you can also, you know, use the juice and you could also make some natural powders from them. So you could have that natural coloring whenever you wanted it. So that's something I'm going to really test out in the next week or two because I love I do love my dehydrator and I needed some new ways to experiment with that but um another thing that I do love to do with my root vegetables especially my carrots sweet potatoes things that you might often peel um I don't tend to peel most of them because if I'm growing them in my garden I'm not worried about anything I just rinse them off and you know, chuck them in. The skin is added uh, vitamins and minerals and it is going to be really good for you. But sometimes I will peel them and then crisp those peels up in the oven and then top those on top of a soup. So if I'm making pumpkin soup, I'm making sweet potato soup um, and I'm using carrots because often I'll chuck carrots in there as well. If you peel them and then crisp them up, and pop them on top of your soup. It's so good because it just gives that crispy element. It's, you know, I don't know about you, but I do like to have some sort of like crispy element to my soup. So if they're all just liquid, like I feel like I can't just have a liquid meal. I need to have some sort of crunch or like toast with it or um, something. And the crispy skins really does make a difference. I can just eat soup with crispy skins all day. So, so good. Uh, and also juices. Juicing these vegetables is going to offer you a lots and lots of nutrients as well. And then the fibrous stuff you've got left behind, you can also use that to um, make muffins and bake baking and all sorts of things. So there are like so many ways to use them. Um, and that's, you know, even if even if you just don't get around to using the greens and they do go a bit limp, you can add those to the compost or the worm farm or the chickens, all sorts of things. It's really, um, it's really about having all these different types of systems that you can then, you never, nothing ever goes to waste. There's always somewhere to put it, some, something that you can use it for that's going to be um, really useful and it's going to help you either build soil or, you know, feed the chickens, which will give you eggs all the things. Um, so lastly, what I want to talk about is saving seeds. And this is something that is really important. I think it's, it's, it's the way that you can really start to build that self-sufficiency and start to get things that are growing 
in your exact climate because often quite a lot of these seeds that we're purchasing are growing in other climates and then you know we've got them in our garden and they might not do as well so save the seeds from the ones that look the best the thing with root vegetables though is you do have to forfeit the vegetable you aren't going to be able to harvest it and eat it you need to let that root vegetable um, mature and then turn into it will send flowers up and then those flowers will turn into little seed pods so you can eat the seed pods on the you know the radishes and things like that they especially when they're young and green they're really crispy and delicious you can add them in salads you can pickle them all the things but once they start to get hard and go a little bit woody that's when the seeds are forming and they're not going to be any good um but one radish plant that you let go to seed will have hundreds and hundreds of seeds you'll you'll have you know years and years supply of seeds so the other thing is is that the bees love them i think the bees tend to love my vegetables that have gone to seed more so than my edible flowers that I've planted specifically for the bees. So I always let something go to flower in my garden. I think it's a huge um, way to bring in pollinators. And I find also a lot more of my native bees love the, the vegetables that have gone to flower. Um, so that's really really valuable thing to do is if you do see one that is starting to send off flowers don't worry about it just let it go that's going to bring in lots of pollinators which is going to help the rest of your garden um and then also eventually after the flowers have gone the seed pods will form and you'll be able to save all the seeds so you just want to leave them on the plant until they do start to go hard and dry and crispy and brown that's just to ensure that they have reached full maturity and then you can harvest them, let them dry even further and crack the little pods open and there'll be tiny, tiny little seeds in there. Um, so that's mainly for like our radishes, but then also, you know, beetroots will do a similar thing. They'll send up a flower through the leaves and carrots as well. Carrots will flower very similar way to parsley and they look beautiful. I love the carrot flowers. And also you can eat the carrot seeds as well. So there's so much that you can do with the whole plant, the leaves, the root, the flowers, the seeds, all the things. So let me know if you've got any questions um, or there's anything that I didn't cover. There's so many comments, <laughs> so many people showing up. It's great to see. Um, and some of the originals. Hey, Steve. Steve has been showing up probably since my very first lives here on my YouTube channel when I did a lot more cooking videos. So it's so great to see, you know, some familiar names and some new names in here. So um, what do we have any questions before we go into, there's lots of people, um, beets into a salad. So yeah, you can add baby, baby, leaves like baby beet leaves baby radish leaves into a salad um sometimes i even will just harvest off some of the outside leaves of the beetroot and use those in a stir fry whilst the plant's still growing especially if i need some extra light or it's starting to get crowded in there harvest some of the leaves off and start using those you sort of that's what i like to do just like pick things 
um, and use that as a thinning method or, or, you know, if it's getting too overcrowded. Um, question, oh, we've got some questions. Okay, so how long do you do your pickled root vegetables last after opening the jars when you store them in? So with all my pickles, I basically just do quick pickles quick refrigerator pickle pickling so um it's not canned or anything so what i'll generally do is just keep them in the fridge and i'll use them within probably within a month of opening it i or even a few weeks they don't last long i once i've once i've opened them once i've made them i am pretty much eating them i love pickles um i love them on on nearly everything so um yeah, they I don't they don't last very long, and that they do make me a little bit nervous. So, but if you do have uh, the right ratios of vinegar, then that's going to help keep out any of those uh, bugs and bacteria. Uh, how do I store my seeds? Not very well. Um, my seed collection is very disorganized. I it is something that I need to work on definitely this year. Is now that I'm getting more and more seeds and I'm saving more and more seeds from my own garden, that's something that I'm really focusing on is I'm going to need to step up my seed saving collection because at the moment I have them in a mailing tray, you know, like trays that you put mail in and it's like separated out. It has four different trays and I generally will put them in kind of seasonal. So I'll have like, all the things that I sow in the cool season, all the things that I sow in the warm season. And then um, I have my gap fillers and then I'll also have um, fruits and, you know, other weird things like things that are more so like specialty, like fruit, fruit. Cause I've been saving quite a, a random range of different fruit seeds from my own trees and things like that. So that's, um, sort of how I'm storing my seeds at the moment. It's not, it's definitely not <laughs> the best way to do it. You really want to be keeping them dark and cool um, and it, yeah, as dark and as cool as possible. And I keep most of them in brown paper bags or brown envelopes. I just kind of use whatever I've got though. So I don't stress too much about it. I'm always saving seeds. I'm always replanting them. I'm always regrowing them. So there's constantly like a new supply of seeds going on. Um, and yeah, that's another project for me. I've got many projects on the go, but thank you all so much for joining me. I hope that you're going to be growing a lot more root vegetables this year, um, and getting a little bit more experimental in the kitchen with them, um, highlighting them a little bit more because they are worth it. They are delicious. They are full of nutrients. And you can get some really, really interesting varieties. So it just makes it a little bit more fun, I think. Um, and also a lot of the ones that we are seeing at the supermarket aren't actually how these were originally grown. So uh, carrots weren't always orange. They were yellow and white and all sorts of colors. Just like cauliflower used to be yellow. And now all the ones you see are pure white. So try out some heirloom seeds, try out some new and interesting things. Um, and definitely if you haven't already try roasted radish, <laughs> I feel like I tell everyone to do that, but you need to try it. It's delicious. Anyway, I'll see you guys next week for another episode. 
and I hope you have an amazing week of planting seeds, harvesting things, all the gardening. <laughs> Thanks for watching.